Hey, everyone. Dave and Jeff back for another podcast. Seems like it's been three months. A year? <laughs> a year and a, a half. A lot has gone down since, uh, since I was out of town, but it seems like there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, a lot to talk about. Uh, when you hear this, I would say by Monday, we're going to say Monday, uh, I'd call it one o'clock. We, we're just shutting down the GoFundMe page. Here's really what it boils down to. I hate asking people for money. I yeah. just hate it. And you guys have done an unbelievable job. Billy, I'm especially talking to you, who I think individually is at about 1500 wow. bucks. Uh, I mean, just amazing. The event is three weeks from Wednesday. It's August the 1st. Um, Dave and I were just doing the numbers here. We're just a tad under eight grand just with the GoFundMe numbers, which is amazing. Um, disappointing Joe's locked in. They're going to play seven to eight. So thank you to Tad Ryan. But we have had an absolutely amazing amount of silent auction items come in. I was with Jojo Tarantino the other night. Uh, he loaded me up with a ton of baseballs, including a Chris Paddock ball. Sweet. Uh, John Conniff from Matt, Fire, uh, Matt Fryers. I talked to him the next day. He's sending me a ton of balls, including another Chris Paddock ball. Um, and... Tommy Howell at 1090 hooked me up with this signed Antonio Gates football, which is really cool. cool. So what happens now in the next three weeks with everything else that we're doing is we have to log all this stuff because I work at Upper Deck. And the one thing that is a challenge for us is people, you want to know that the items you're buying are authentic. So what I have to do is get together with my guys at Upper Deck and say, hey, look, I've, get, I've been given all these items directly from the teams but if you're Pete and Point Loman, you put out 100 bucks for a Chris Paddock ball, what can I put together? What can I do? Um, so we're going to have to do that. Then we got to get together with uh, Walchef and get a head count. We got to get together with Eastlake and get a golf count. We got to get together with the T-shirt guy and get a, uh, a shirt amount. So, look, my other feeling is if you want to be there on August 1st, you've already stepped up. And uh, Dave and I couldn't thank you more enough if, if any pete and point loma joking around tonight goes you know somebody's gonna hit you up on thursday and be like hey what happened and i'm like dude if they do i we, we don't need you there you've had five fucking weeks to do it fuck off fucking dick and some dick will do it um but lisa ann's confirmed yeah she's great like i said disappointing joe's gonna go seven to eight uh real quick bob mcintyre a hand uh, bob mcintyre I think that was McElroy. Yeah, yeah, I know him. Oh, okay. Well, it doesn't sound like it. Fuck. Running left and right. Bob McElroy and a handful of people from Alpha Project confirmed. John Van Zanti, a handful of people from Mancho Coastal confirmed. The staff at Ronald McDonald House confirmed. Uh, Charity Waters in New York, they send their best. They'll send some materials out. They obviously can't make it, but we thank them. And I really want to thank a guy named Che Hernandez who works for the local uh, suicide prevention chapter. Man, Dave, what an amazing guy. And he's helped me. The National Board of Directors for Yellow Ribbon, which does programs for suicide prevention um, in high schools across the country. I've had great conversations with them. So we got any confusion for the suicide angle worked out. Che's going to be there with his team. And I just hope for all you guys that are coming out, take five minutes and talk to Bob and John. Dave, I hope you and I will get an opportunity to introduce these guys. 
because that's really what it's all about. But I'm thrilled that they're all coming down and being a part of it. And uh, it's going to be a great night, man. Yeah. I can't wait. And Please very- say it's my ear. Don't bother me. That goes for everybody. <laughs> Look, I'll tell you what, as excited as I am for August 1st, I might be more excited for August 2nd, but uh, it's going to be great. Yeah. That's awesome. No, yeah. it's going to be a good time. Yeah. And we're going to, I mean, when we when we put it together, we said five grand. We yeah. said if we could do five grand, five grand would be great. And we're going to get by that. And it's awesome. So just sincere thanks to everybody. You guys have been outstanding. In everything you've done, whether it's a $10 donation, Billy's $1,500 donation, uh, Sean and Eastside Country Club and Lisa Ann and everybody else, uh, it's just amazing. It's great. It's pretty crazy to think it's three weeks away, right? No, very, very exciting. No, I'm excited by it. It's funny is whenever Lisa Ann replies to anything. Well, she's in Italy, too, which is a nine and a half hour time difference. Plus, dealing with her own challenges over there, right? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. She's had a bunch of them. But it's funny. Whenever she gets involved, it's it's pretty cool. And she does it yeah. on a regular basis, at least a few times a week. And She's been she'll, great. she'll comment on stuff back that our listeners put in there. And you can't tell me it doesn't make your day when you realize Lisa Ann's responding to what you're putting on Twitter. Well, I think, too, Dave, what – look, Wayne Partello and the Padres have been great. Um, the, the thing is, oh, I think you would agree – We've tried to put as little burden on our friends that are helping us as possible. And that's for the pods who stepped up with their donation, mud. Um, But I tried to, and I I said this in a conversation that I had with her, um, when she came up with the idea for doing the charity event, I said, look, I'll be the point guy on it. I'll run point on it. I don't mind. I said, you just come down and be a part of it. Doing what she's done, cross-promoting it has been outstanding. Outstanding. And it'll be, yeah, it'll just be great. But for me, yeah, I definitely want to see her on the first. But, Dave, you're going to have about 200 people there that night that want to talk to you for a little bit. Yes, of course. Yeah. So uh, it's going to run from about 5 to 9.30-ish. Yes. Um, Like I said, Cali Comfort's down, the band's down, so we'll we'll lock in some other things. I just kind of want to have everything done so that by the time we get to the night of the first, we can all just fuck around, have a good time. That's what it's supposed to be. It'll be an absolute great time. We're really looking forward to it. It's been really exciting. Then move on to the next thing we're going to do, which is going to be a lot of fun as well. But, again, a lot has gone down in the last, I'd say, week and a half since we Uh did one of these podcasts. I mean... First of all, I'll, I'll ask you about something that I have no no idea, but I know you just watched it. So I'm uh-huh. going to ask you because I meant to watch it, but I completely forgot. The whole Evil Knievel oh, thing. Jesus when I was Christ. a kid, Evil yes. Knievel tried to jump the fountains at Caesar's Palace. Yep. You, were, you weren't even born yet when no, you I was, jumped I, No, I was, I, but it was... 68. It was, it was, was it 68? God dang. 68, no, I wasn't yeah. even born yet. And so when you look at Evil Knievel jumping the fountains, that was always the talk. Like I used to ask yeah. my mom questions about it all the time because everyone wanted that Evil Knievel stunt cycle. The best toy ever yeah well of course my mom never bought it for me but, damn it but i was at the evil knievel lunchbox the whole, yeah evil knievel was the whole a big thing. damn deal anyway what happened so Tonight, Trav- what happened well look i love travis pastrana because he's incredibly likable but the game has changed so much they told a really funny johnny knoxville was part of it tonight and johnny knoxville told a story when they were talking about how Guys would warm up and get ready, and sports psychologists said evil warmed up by 
taking a couple of shots of wild turkey and chipping uh, golf balls over the Thames River with Frank Gifford. That's how he warmed up. Uh, I mean, Dave, it was so different then. The Harley that he jumped on and the bikes that he jumped on, um, what was his other bike? He had a he had a Harley that he jumped, but I think he had a BMW, another American-made okay. bike. I mean, they were massive yes. machines. Now, Pastrana tonight jumped on a bike that was 350 pounds, a lot bigger bike than Robbie Knievel used a couple of years back. Robbie Knievel cleared it on a BMW bike. But I swear the ramps look so much bigger than I remember. But still, Dave, he went, I think it was 149 feet at Caesars. Yeah, he jumped 16 Greyhound buses tonight. He jumped 50 cars. He started by jumping 50 cars, took about 45 minutes off, then came back and jumped 16 Greyhound buses, all on the big bike, and then drove what was really cool with Pastrana. I think the first two happened over by UNLV, and then he drove on the bike. Really? Down the strip to Caesars <laughs> and was stopping and high-fiving and taking selfies with people and... Yeah, he, he cleared all three of them incredibly easy, but and the goddamn show took forever. Of course. Terribly paced show, but uh, but ultimately he made them all. Look he good. made them all. Yeah, he made them all, and good for him. You really. watch it with your kids? Yeah, that's why I'm running late. My sons and I wanted to watch it, and then they got bored, and they uh, my one son went and watched Summer League NBA. My other son went and played PS3. My soon-to-be ex-wife made me a BLT. I mean, how great is that? Like, our relationship's <laughs> incredibly cool. And then uh, I fell asleep on the couch, like oh, I did 10,000 other times. And I was like, God damn, I got to go. I got to do a podcast. But uh, it was really fun. So, yeah, I mean, other than the pacing of the show, kudos to Pastrana. Yeah. Now, did you see, let me ask you this. The U, the event of the weekend, sports-wise, was what happened last night in the UFC. Did you see that? I did not see UFC, but I saw the whole spectacle with Brock Lesnar. Is that what you're going to talk about? Yeah. Daniel Cormier, who used to fight at heavyweight, dropped down to light heavyweight, really lost two fights to John Jones, who's been a steroid guy. Um, in his entire career, I saw a stat that, that Daniel Cormier has only lost one professional round in his career. Went back up last night to heavyweight, looked huge at 245. He did. Against Stipe Miocic, who's been an amazing heavyweight champion for the UFC. And Cormier knocked him cold. Knocked yeah. him cold. An unbelievable performance for DC. And then, because it's Vegas International Fight Week, he takes the mic from Joe Rogan, which was funny, and he's talking to the crowd. Very personable guy. Original clinch gear athlete yeah. a million years ago. And he calls out Brock Lesnar, who is ringside. And Lesnar comes in, and instead of just doing a typical face-off or anything else, he shoves Cormier, he shoves the Nevada State Athletic Commission guys, shoves the camera guy, and Lesnar looked in phenomenal shape. He looked like he's cut 25 pounds himself. He looked massive, and the crowd went bananas. It was old school. It looked like wrestling to me. Dave, there, there's a term that we talk about in uh, in wrestling, and, and it's a great term taught to me years ago by our pal Dave Meltzer. And is it a shoot or is it a work? And a shoot is legit, and a work is all BS. I couldn't tell you one way or the other yeah. what it was. I couldn't care less. All I know was 
again, sitting with my sons last night at Wild Wings. Um, the fight before had sucked, heavyweight fight. It had not been that great a card overall. And then Cormier starches Stipe. And the Lester thing, and Wild Wings erupted. Went wild. The whole thing went wild. And you go, yeah, all right. Nobody nobody got hurt. It's yeah. not like when Connor was throwing the dolly at the bus. And for a moment, it kind of felt like UFC was relevant again last night. So yeah, it may have been. I, I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna tell you you're wrong. Uh, as I said on Twitter, I don't know if it's a shoot or a work, but I want to watch the fight, and that's what ultimately they know. They're both going to make millions. How old is Lesnar right now? Oh, that's a great question. Um, God dang, how old's Lesnar right now? I, he's got to be over 40. Yes, he has to be over 40. I mean, Cormier is, he close is over to 40. No, no, no. He's not that old. Is Cormier over 40? Oh, yeah, Cormier wow. is over 42. Wow. That's, yeah, I I would put Lesnar probably in that 41 42 range. He did look uh he looked huge. You're right. Absolutely. But he looked good. He did. He looked like he was in shape. He looked huge. But he was not interested in playing anybody's game. No. Like he won like they could have fought last night. Well, that's what I was curious to know. I mean, it seemed like I know there's new ownership and everything else. It seemed like terrible. a WWE thing. Yeah. And I agree. It's been terrible. Like, I had very, very little interest in watching. I went to go see Uncle Drew instead of watching that fight. Oh, no kidding. That's funny. <laughs> That's where uh, I was at. Well, you know what I did was I had my sons. We always go to Wild Wings in Mission Valley. And usually we'll go at about 530, get some dinner and hang out. But I thought, because my sons kind of gas out early if I do that. Yeah. I said, well, we'll go close to the fight time. Dave, when I got there. At 7, there was like a two-hour wait at Wild Wings. Wild Wings was packed. And I started calling around. The one right over here where you and I have been, yeah. packed everywhere. Everybody was out for this fight last night. So I called Dave and Buster's in Mission Valley. And never have really been there for a fight night, but they were close. And they said, yeah, come on over. So I go over there, and I have Jack and Cade with me. We make our way all the way to the back of the facility. Okay. And in the back of the facility, it's kind of more of a bar area. And there's a long table that had had a birthday party of about 20 people, I would guess. The birthday party clears out. A party of three comes in behind me, separates one of the tables, takes all the dirty dishes off of that end of it, puts it in the middle section, and now sits down. Yeah. So I go, okay, if you go to Wild Wings and you grab a table in the bar, it's open seating. It's fine. So this girl, Morgan, from Wild Wings yeah. comes, and I said, hey, is it open seating here? And she's a bitch. Really? Let's say what she was. She was a bitch. And she goes, uh, no, you know, I got to kind of leave this how it is. So I sat there, Dave, and just watched the fights. My kids ran around, played some games. 45 minutes, nobody touches the table. But I took a picture. I tweeted it out. I go, look, this sucks. So I walk out. I show the manager uh, the the picture, and I go, bud, 45 minutes. I go, we're paying customers. We're coming in. We're going to buy dinner. I go, yeah. now we're walking out. Well, he apologizes, which was nice. Doesn't do anything to ask you to stay. Doesn't say, hey, well, and I wasn't looking for anything. But I'm saying, you go to Cali Comfort, something gets fucked up. They're going to find a way to not let you walk out that door with your wallet. Dave and Buster is going to give him less of a shit. Take that as fair warning, which I always laugh about because I'm like, all right, fuckers. 
if we don't matter to you tonight, then tomorrow night I'm going to go on a podcast that's become pretty popular because nobody in local radio can go on and say, hey, my experience at Dave & Buster's was horseshit. Yeah. And I would tell all of you, don't go there. Instead, we got back in the car and went back over to Wild Wings. And we walked in, and right as I walk in, my phone's buzzing. Hey, we have a table ready for you at Dave & Buster's. <laughs> I'm like, you could blow me in the alley for a nickel. Fuck you. <laughs> Never coming back to your shithole again. And I go into Dave and, uh, excuse me, I go into Wild Wings. Yeah. I see the manager, and I'm mind blanking on him right now. Immediately, he says to me, where you guys been? I've been looking for you and your sons all night. Where you been? I said, oh, man, it's dad's fault. I screwed up, got here at 7. He goes, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I go, no, no, no. He goes, come on. Table. He was outstanding, and the coolest person there was a, a waitress named Bridget. And as shitty as Morgan's service was at Wild Wings, Bridget was on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. And so cool and so outstanding. And Wild Wings, me and my sons, we just sat there. We got back in, right? You've been in the car. Yeah. You've been waiting. It's the stress. They want to eat. And uh, it was just great. Good. We saw the whole thing, and they were just a blast. And I said to them, I go, I go, look, you know, we do this little podcast, and tomorrow night I'm going to thank you guys for what you did because my sons all of a sudden were kind of like, oh, man, this sucks. We just want to eat. And by the end, they were roaring and laughing, Good. and it was because of – the manager and because of Bridget, and I thank them both very much. It was great. And if you're in Mission Valley, they're in the old Seau's, and it's a free plug for them because for fight night, Sean got away from hosting them. I don't blame him. Um, but if you're over there and go in there and just say, hey, man, I heard about you guys on the podcast. I bet they'd get a kick out of it. They weren't doing it looking for anything other than just being the quality of service that they've always treated us with. And like I said, for my sons and myself, uh, they buffed us out when we needed it, and I thank them. Perfect. By the way, Lesnar will be 41 on July 12th. Wow. And Cormier is 39, turned 39 this spring. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. So not bad. You're pretty damn close. We're right there. Yeah. Um, Lesnar is on a, on a suspension, so the earliest that fight could go down would be January, which okay. kind of sucks for the UFC because I know they would like to get that fight for their New Year's Eve card, uh, which they wouldn't be able to do unless – you know, maybe maybe you talk to the commission and see, but I don't know. My guess would be it's the the early part of 2019. Yeah, but that fight's absolutely going to happen. Good deal. All right. So it was a week ago today that LeBron James announced he's going to be a Laker. Yeah. Okay. And that was obviously huge news. We we kind of talked about it right before in our last podcast that we'll know where LeBron's going to be. For me as a Laker fan, I know your brother's a big Laker fan, your dad's a big Laker fan. It's yep. it, it's good for the NBA. I mean, they Great. aren't they aren't better than the Warriors, but it is good for the NBA that LeBron James becomes a Laker because as David Stern used to say, What is your ultimate matchup in the finals? He goes, Lakers versus Lakers. Mm -hmm. So if you have Lakers, you have Celtics, you have the Knicks, you have the big markets, it's it's no hidden secret. It helps obviously out tremendously. But LeBron James is gonna be a Laker. Right now it's hard to figure out who else is gonna join him in Los Angeles mm -hmm. and what else is gonna happen outside of Guys like Lance Stevenson and Rondo and guys who aren't all-stars. One-year guys, right? One-year guys. Lakers yep. are kind of smart on how they've done this. But it's it's huge. And so, I mean, all of a sudden, they they list these top ten lists, greatest Lakers to ever wear the uniform. And LeBron goes right there to number one. 
He becomes the number one Laker to ever wear the uniform. When you look I had at, a Magic and uh, Kobe. I think when you now look, I'm a, I'm a huge Magic. I don't fan. know if my, I'm my, signing my, off on LeBron. Guy. Well, think about what the argument has been over the last couple of years. Who's better, Michael or LeBron? I mean, mm-hmm. that's really what people say. So if we say Michael Jordan's at the top, and then I know if you talk to guys like Nick Canepu who saw Wilt Chamberlain, they'll say, look at Wilt's numbers. The guy averaged 50 points, 50 rebounds. Yeah. The guy led the league in assists one year when he Bill said he Russell. couldn't pass the pass. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Bill Russell's won 11 championships in 13 years. It, it doesn't matter. My, my yeah. thing is when I listen to these arguments, I'm like, God, is this where we're at? Because it seems yeah. like just a wasted argument. It's all opinion stuff. But for LeBron to go to the Lakers and understand he's 34 years old. I mean, the guy was yeah. born in – in 1984, his birthday wow. is December 31st, and you go, okay, well, you know, obviously, how many years does he have left? Remember, Kobe ended up falling apart yep. right around this time of his career, but you, you never know. It's, it's still the fact that LeBron is a Laker. Cleveland doesn't have him anymore. There's so many things that went down where the owner of the Cavs, Dan Gilbert, says, I'm ready to have my team back. Well, how did that fucking work out for you? Yeah. You're drafting number one three years in a row. I mean, you're the guy named Cavs. So... For for me and for the NBA, I, th- I think it's crazy news. I know your son, especially. You have two boys, uh-huh. but one of them especially is a crazy NBA fan. Yep. What do you think about LeBron? What do you think about it LeBron? It was great. I was in I L.A. Talked about it. I was in L.A. I was in downtown L.A. when it happened. I'd been in the marina all morning at a meeting, and uh, I, w- I was getting ready to cut out, and I I had to go to downtown, and so I was about... Uh, oh, I'd say two miles north of Staples, and I got a text that uh that he had signed. Yeah, and it was fun going in and just kind of being around L.A. the rest of the night. But this was what was funny was I found where LeBron lives in L.A., so I know where LeBron's house is, um, in Brentwood. Not far at all from where OJ used to be. Yeah. And so uh, my sons and I, probably about a year ago, took a drive and we figured out it was kind of fun to figure out where that house was. So I was talking to my son and he's like, I wonder what's going on. And I there was a part of me where I'm like, yeah, you would think all the TV cameras are out and they should be, right? Yeah. Camped out. So Dave, you know LA. I had started in Marina, in the Marina. I had gone... To West Hollywood, kind of right there on Sunset by everything. And then um, made my way downtown. And it was kind of thinking I could just come home that way through the 101 and the 5. And now all of a sudden, because my son knows I'm a freak, he goes, I wonder what's going on. I go, I don't know. So now I swing back and I come all the way back. uh, And and Miracle Mile and I, I go back out to Brentwood. And I was the only guy there. Really? I was the only guy there. Wow. But it was, I hung out. It was still fun. Yeah. It was still fun to hang out for like 20 minutes because I just wanted to see what happened. Well, I found out the next day that at 9 o'clock the night before, Saturday night, at that same house, if I'd been there, you magic, magic. <laughs> magic comes in. Standing at the door. Magic drives right in, and you go, holy shit. And Magic was there for three hours. But by the time I got there, LeBron was already on a flight to Europe. Wow. So he was already he he was already gone. Came basically, came back to L.A. for, what, day and a half? Yeah. And uh, and that was it. And got out. You know what I thought was interesting, the the whole process, just because, hell, I was stuck in Phoenix. I'm just watching on TV in a hotel room nonstop unless I was on a baseball field. 
And the Magic and LeBron have known each other forever. I mean, yeah. over 20 years. But they've never been in a room by themselves. Yeah, that they was can't, the, right? Well, 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 I guess before yeah, Magic before, owned the team. Yeah, so before Magic was really you know, part owner of the team. You're absolutely right. But it was the first time that it was just LeBron and Magic. There's no Rob Polinka. There's no Luke Walton. There nope. was none of LeBron's friends. Guys. It wasn't LeBron's age. It was just those two guys yeah. in a room for the first time in, in their lifetimes. Even though they've known each other forever, they've always been surrounded by their group of guys. Yep. And they, boom, hammered that out. And I tell you, it was, it was so crazy, you know, being a, a fan of the team. And, you know, you try and say, okay, what would you say this is the equivalent of, of a time that you followed a guy? So let's say as a Raider fan, when you found out the Raiders are getting Randy Moss, that excitement yeah. at the time, and you think you're getting the Randy Moss, not the, yeah. the shitload of Randy Moss. But Steve Garvey, when he announces he's going to be a Padre, yep. he chose the Padres over the Cubs. Yeah, that was that, cool. That was cool. So when LeBron announces he's a Laker, man, it completely, as a sports fan, completely made my day. Like, yeah, I was so excited by it. And so when you look at the NBA and what it is right now, and it was it was crazy seeing these big mm -hmm. names. The Western Conference is so dramatically better than the Eastern Conference. Yeah. That part's not good for the NBA. These super teams aren't bad because anyone who argues that will say it's not good what the Warriors are doing or the Rockets are doing or what the Heat did eight years ago today. It's it, The ratings have gone up the last two years dramatically. Yeah. 7% both years. So you go, okay, well, how does this work out in the future? Well, right now the Celtics are a very good team, but yeah. Kyrie could be gone in a year. And yep. then the, the rumor is that Kyrie wants to be a Nick. Damian Lillard wants to be a Nick. You're hearing that, that maybe the Eastern Conference bounces back. But I go back to what I, I said to you, and maybe it was on the podcast, maybe it was off there. The NBA, I think, right now could be better by not starting the season in October. Yeah. But instead you start the season on Christmas Day. Yeah. And you start the season Christmas Day and you start you go all the way through August. Why not? Right. Why not? And go into Major League Baseball ratings of Major League Baseball are dropping. Unless you're yeah. a diehard baseball fan like you and I. A lot of people aren't paying attention to baseball. No. And you stretch it out through the summer. And it helps some of these teams in the East where players say, I'm just tired of freezing my ass off all the time. Yeah. And you know what? You, you, you get you get more spring, you get more summer. And the weather doesn't become such a big factor when guys start deciding where they're going to play in the future. See, I love that because it would put pressure on baseball to improve the product. Exactly. Too, because baseball runs uncontested. Really? Yeah. I mean, they run uncontested. Yeah, I like that a lot. I, I, uh, I'm i working with a group right now that has a lot of connections to the NBA and junior NBA. And the thing that is exciting for me, uh, both as a parent and as a fan, is the NBA's commitment to incorporating young viewers into the game yep uh through participation nutrition exercise uh meeting the legends all kinds of really cool things that we'll talk about over the next couple of months as they uh come to fruition but yeah i like it um dave i do i think it's cyclical i i do think you'll see players that will look at it like i mean you look at Kawhi, right if these rumors that Kawhi doesn't want to ride shotgun to lebron are true or do you if buy it, that one at all i don't know dave Doesn't i really seem don't so so strange that Kawhi, if you want to be the number one guy you yeah. better that means you have to talk every day right every day I every mean, Kawhi, day you're the front guy he For has the clippers? never I mean, the clippers i don't care what team it is he has never wanted to be the guy that gets in front of that tv camera whenever wants to be the face of a didn't want to do it here at state no, he has never had Fuck that, you, that personality that's that's fuck you <laughs> that's it so as much as all that makes sense to guys like you and me yeah anyone who has ever been around Kawhi will tell you none of that makes sense yeah that's what i'm saying so um you asked earlier was it uh, uh legit or fake for lester it's the same thing here yes. i don't know 
Um, it doesn't make any sense. I'd, I'd go be part of the Lakers. Did James Worthy give a shit where he was with Kareem and Magic? Yeah. Played his part. It was great. Byron played his part. Rampus played his part. All those guys. It doesn't, doesn't seem like Kawhi. That's why it's interesting to see how things are going to play out and how it goes. You mentioned the Summer League and how yeah. people are interested. These games are sold out. People are watching. Yeah. Celebrities are showing up to these games all of a sudden, and you're going, it's the Summer League. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Nobody even paid attention to college basketball this year, yet people can't get enough Summer League all of a sudden. Well, like I said, a friend of mine that I've been doing a lot of work with recently has been in Vegas for, I think she got there Thursday. And talking to her tonight on the drive down, she makes pretty regular trips over there. But she was saying tonight, she goes, gosh, she goes, you know, for a Sunday night, she said the strip was pumping because of Pastrana. Yeah. The UFC thing, the last UFC had fights Friday night and Saturday night. So it's been UFC week. Um, she said Summer League is everything's going on. Uh, it's very funny. She was walking in to see Mariah Carey tonight, but she goes, you still have the star power on the strip of shows. And she said, yeah, there's just an energy. And I said, think about the fact that a month and a half ago, the hockey team was in the Stanley Cup final. In two years, the Raiders will be there. Think about all that that's adding to it. Um, Yeah, it's an exciting time. It really is. It's It's an exciting time for the NBA. It's cool. See, I think if they ever improve that G League and you have a venue down here and all of a sudden some of these guys... Like I saw, Dave, I was looking at NBA free agents. Yeah. It blew me away that Jaleel Okafor is out there as a free agent. Yeah. And I look at that because as a Wolves fan, when they were struggling and they were heading to the lottery and the whole talk all year was going to be anybody with that number one pick is going to get Jaleel Okafor, and they felt he was going to be the Shaquille O'Neal or the LeBron. He was going to be a a generational-type talent. And I was convinced the Wolves would fuck that up, and they didn't. They got Carl Anthony Towns, and that's worked out fine. But if you had down here, for the time being, um, started with a G League, and guys, not Okafor, who's been in the league, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. The, the guys, the Markel Foltz's of the world, right, and and other guys that just are not quite ready to be everyday league players, but we're playing here, it, it would be, I think, a little better than the Summer League, and I, it would be you. really fun. I'm with you on that. I, I think I, it could be affordable. I've said the same thing. They have to do something wherever they decide. If it happened to be at the sports arena, they got to fix the floor. The floor is one of the worst. Like LeBron's, Why not at Viejas? I mean, I'd put them uh, right to, at Viejas. That's that, that's that's what I would do. If yeah. I was San Diego State, I would do that in a second. LeBron James' first game as a Laker, by the way, is supposed to be here in San well, Diego. Well, let me tell you this. Let me stop you right Go there. Ahead. And we're going to break this news on the podcast because it shocks me how lazy the fucking media is in this town again. And I haven't seen anybody who said this. The only thing I've heard is exactly what you've said. LeBron's first game as a Laker will be down here. Did anybody other than your radio pal Jeff take the time to go back to the 2017 schedule, go back and look through the box scores to see how much LeBron played? Do you want to know how much LeBron played? He didn't fucking play. (laughs) Okay, so when your snot-nosed kid comes to you and says, look, I want to go. LeBron played 30 minutes in the final exhibition game, which was played at the Quicken Loans Arena. Yes. He did not play one part of one minute in any other preseason game 
last year for Cleveland. I was going to say the exact same thing you said right there. And the other thing is, if LeBron were planning on playing, he would walk out and see that shitty floor at the sports arena and go, man, and there, there, say, no, way, no, no way. There are bolts on this floor. Do you remember a few years ago where the but they, I thought they got a new floor. Dude, the floor is a disaster. It's not. Yeah, but it, they it, have a new floor. It, last time I checked, the quality wasn't. But wasn't when are you talking? I thought within the last two three, years ago. See, I think within the last three years they have a new floor. Remember, just two seasons ago when they had Larry Nance and Clarkson. Remember the from Ooh, the ice was coming yeah. out and they just canceled the game. Yeah, it was the World Champion Warriors against the Lakers, and guys are slipping all over the place. And they just said, "That's it. We aren't taking a chance." Fuck you. Yeah, I mean, guys are making thirty million dollars a year. LeBron's well, making forty I, million. I, That's why you played at VA House. Yeah, I would tell you to. Be buyer beware. Yep. I know goddamn... Uh, Tickets are through the roof. Yeah. I know goddamn Steve Smith couldn't be bothered to tell you this, Steve-O. I'm just thinking of the guys who actually get the humor of this show. So if Todd I call Strain, it, screaming it at Todd you. Todd Strain would get it. Todd's, Todd's perfect. Thank you. Todd's my guy. Todd's our guy. Todd's our guy. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. So if I tell you, fucking Todd Strain, at least Todd gets his sense of humor. Doesn't get his... Feelings all hurt. I didn't see fucking Steve Woods doing that research, nope. did you? No, of course no, not. No, too busy hosting 17 podcasts with dipshits <laughs> like me. Um, but go back and look. He didn't yeah. play one fucking minute. So it, tickets are through the roof already for yes. that game. Yeah, get ready. You'll probably see a lot of... And look, maybe he does. Maybe he determines he wants to play. I'm just telling you, last year with the Cavs... You're right, buyer beware. Buyer beware, man. And yeah. and you're telling me right now he's going to come out and play 35 minutes in San Diego for the first preseason game? Wouldn't you feel better if it was the next to last preseason yes. game? I'm with you on that. I'm with you. By the way, one, one last thing I'll say about the Lakers. There's a talk that Carmelo Anthony could be joining the Lakers. Uh -huh. Honestly, God, I've never been a Carmelo fan because he always has like that worst body. Like, you're like, dude, just put some fucking time in. Everyone else is putting time yeah. in. He looks like he played in the 70s. Like, he's never yeah. playing with Bob McAdoo. Like, like going, no one ever worked out. Dude, Carmelo, I never understand. But for Carmelo, where he's at right now, and the Lakers have zero shooters, I would just yeah. use Carmelo the way they used to use Corver, the way J.J. Reddick's been used. I keep telling you, the guy coming who's going to join that team will be Jamal Crawford. Dude, I hope so, because Jalen Rose keeps that. saying that Crawford's going to the Warriors. But it's not like, oh, you know, that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting, too. I'd love to see Crawford on the Lakers. See, Crawford to the Lakers makes sense. Don't let me forget. Uh, because I'm classy, I knew you were in Arizona. In my car, I've got the LA Times for you the day oh, after, sweet. which is really I cool. Appreciate it. Like I like the hard copy of the paper for that. Um, Dave, I think it's great. And and my son, this is what I like. My son Jack loves the Warriors. He's yeah. ten tonight. He found the Warriors about three years ago because one of their teachers gave them a program in school that allowed them to collect electronic basketball cards for free. And it was an unbelievably cool thing for her to do because not only did they learn about Steph Curry or LeBron, but it taught them about guys like you said, like Bob McAdoo and, and Bob Lanier. I mean, they just they found so much history and they loved the game. They started playing 2K18, the whole thing. And then my son, about three years ago, became a Warriors fan. And that's his team. And, I mean, it's all I hear all day long. Boom, boom, boom. Just he's obsessed with it. So when LeBron signed, he was down at the Grand Canyon. And uh, I called him. I go, hey, LeBron just signed with the Lakers. And he says, well, isn't that interesting? <laughs> and I go, yeah, four years, $154 million. And he goes, Wow. 
And he stopped. I just wanted to hear what he said, you know. And he goes, well, it's a little tougher in the West. And I go, well, in my opinion, Jack, I said, I feel like the Lakers did LeBron a huge favor. And he goes, by giving them all that money? And I said, well, sure, giving them all that money. But I said, let me ask you this. How many years in a row have the Warriors beaten the Cavs? He said, well, they've beaten them three out of four. I go, okay. And that's heartbreaking, right? You lose three out of four times. because yeah, it's tough. They got roughed up this year. I said, well, what the Lakers did for LeBron, which I find incredibly touching, and I hope you're moved by it like I am. I said, they've allowed him the opportunity to end that season much earlier. <laughs> They'll eliminate the Lakers in the quarterfinals. And that'll allow LeBron a much longer summer vacation with his family. Isn't that nice? And he laughed and laughed and laughed. He's like, I don't know. And I, I appreciate that to this point, at age 10, he's not a trash talker. Yeah. Now, his brother is a front runner, like his uncle. Okay. And I was waiting for him to tell me how long he'd been a LeBron fan and Laker fan and everything. But not really. To this point, he's kind of... Uh, He's Switzerland right now, but I think that's because the standings and the playoff picture haven't come out yet. But he uh, he thought it was cool. I got yeah. them both the same copy of the Times, so they were reading it all and that's reading cool. all that stuff. But I I, I I just think if you're if you're baseball man, the, these are ten year old guys and their buddies, and the NBA really has it does. I, I wouldn't say has them by the throat i think it's the opposite of that i think the nba has their arm around them and it's like hey man we love you guys we want you to be our fan here's our players here's our league check it out and and nba is winning the NBA crushing is the great. nfl yeah crushing the nfl destroying the nhl and and sadly beating baseball too it's 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 kind of interesting right before you walked in my son had three of or two of his friends here and we were talking about baseball because i spent today watching the padres and i was watching yeah. the dodgers and and uh they said two of the guys said they haven't watched one baseball game the whole year and these, my brother told me that at fourth of july the yeah. other day and these guys are baseball players yeah i mean which was strange they were both Oh, excuse me. All three guys in the in the garage were all Letterman. They were all yeah. baseball players. They played their whole lives. They all said they haven't watched anything. One of them, huge Albert Pools fan, I said, "If Pools hit a home run tonight, he goes, I haven't seen one game today, yeah, or, or the whole entire year." I, I will say, the Padre game. And I know you were busy all day. You didn't catch any of that Padres. No. You seen any game? Padres playing the Diamondbacks today. Mm -hmm. Will Myers comes up against Jeff Mathis. Yeah. Unfortunately for the pods, and, and it, not saying they have a chance to do anything, but I know Padre fans love it when the Padres beat the Dodgers. Sure. Well, they're facing the Dodgers coming up. Oh. They kill their bullpen. I mean, they have kill. no fucking pitching left no. for a week. Everybody's shot. But Will Myers is batting in the 16th inning. Okay. okay. And I give credit to whoever runs the goddamn music in Arizona because it was, it was so fucking fast. I wish Mark Grant would have touched on it because it was right up his alley. Will Myers gets ball three. 2-2 two -two count, gets ball three. Throws his bat to the side, runs down to first base. Thinks it's ball four. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, Jeff, he's 10 feet outside the batter's box, and then immediately the guy running the sound runs, player, baby, come back. <laughs> and I was like, it, it was awesome. It was so good, and I was like, dude, that is really fucking fast. I'm God, like, how often really do, you, good. do you get a chance to yeah. even play it, let alone he's not even 15 feet out of the box, and it's running, baby, come back. That's awesome. Well, and, you know, you saw it. I saw it in the game uh, – Yesterday with Villanueva, yeah, where he thought it was uh, he thought it was ball four, and they called him back, and then he ended up getting out. So 
Dude, but you gotta be you gotta be quick on the finger. Be like, there we go, right? That's yeah. a, oh, it, that's it, outstanding. It, it, it was good. I've run this this play before too. Well, I have a person on base. Let's say first base, mm-hmm. and I'll give a sign saying, "Look, if you get ball three, throw your bat and act like it's ball four because the guy in first will just start jogging down to second. Yeah. Well, that guy doesn't have to come back. That guy gets a stolen base. Oh shit, that's funny. Do you understand? And the yeah, ca- and the catcher will always what a weasel. Fr- <laughs> <laughs> the catcher will always freeze and go. Must be ball four, and yeah. will hold the ball, and that guy runs to second, and you get the base. Wow, that's really funny. Uh, two two quick baseball notes. One hopefully will go very short, and the other one may not drag out too long, but we'll see. Uh, Logan Morrison today. Did you see that? No. Against the shift, first guy we fucking seen bunted down the third baseline. Yeah. Froze everything, yeah. and it, it made its way around baseball, and they're like, that's how you fucking do it, kid. Yeah, that's how you beat the ship. That's how you get guys to play straight up. Yeah, just fuck. Yeah. What what are we doing? Especially if you're a lefty. I don't I don't understand any of it. Albert Pujols. He was said, lefty, yeah. Yeah. Albert Pujols, they said, hits into the shift more than any right-handed hitter in baseball. The stats, exit velocity, and everything is very similar to what he did on the Cardinals, but you wouldn't yeah. know because he hits into the shift all the time. I understand if you're righty, it's hard to bunt. The guy's right yeah. there anyway. But if you're a lefty, they're giving you a fucking base hit. Just take yeah. it every time. Uh, Morrison just pushed it right down the line. Yeah. And it was it was taken care of. Um, I You have Facebook memories. Yes. Facebook memories come up. And so it was two years ago yesterday that you and me were at Fox Sports San Diego. That may have been Friday. It doesn't matter whatever the date was. But we did a show leading into the All-Star game, and we did a show with Steve Garvey. Yeah. And it was really fun for us. Anybody who knows two minutes history of this show knows how much Dave loves the Garve. And, uh, but it cracks me up every year because a picture shows up on my Facebook, and it says, what a great time talking baseball with the Garve. And yeah. it's you, me, and the Garve. So what I do every year because it makes me laugh and I know it drives you nuts is I cut the picture where I leave just enough of you in where people can see that you're there and then I cut it. So it looks like just like me and Garv and then you just see like the slightest bit of Dave's face. And I always write about what a blast it was talking Padre baseball with the great Steve. And you Garvey. send it to Steve. I always do. I send it to Steve all the time. I do it every year and I cut Dave out, but Every time I, I, if you've ever edited pictures on Facebook, you know, I could cut you all the way out. Yes, There's no fun in doing that. So every year I laugh hysterically when I bring you a little bit more into the picture, right? But then I cut it off and you're gone. So like four people are like, hey, did you cut somebody out? I go, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and then it starts this bullshit about the retiring of the Garve number. That is the dumbest, weakest stupidest fucking argument yes. for pot get over it get over it and i got ten thousand fucking messages on it i have a two-part question number one who the fuck is kicking the door in to wear number six exactly nobody keith morland's not coming back keith morland's not coming back and neither's flan <laughs> god damn it and then uh it's and, and then I had this one dipshit who wrote and said, uh, well, you know, it takes some kind of nerve to go from a plaque in right field to just retiring the number in the dark of night. And the fans weren't involved at all. What? 
what fucking universe are you living in, kid? They had a ceremony. I was there. God damn it. Guys from the Padre organization are sending me messages going, these people are stupid as shit. But what cracked me up, what cracked me up was it caught the attention of Barry Bloom. Yeah. And this is what I want to bring up. So it caught the attention of Barry Bloom. And Bear wrote, Bear got all fired up because he lives in Phoenix. And and I'm going to tell you guys this, whether you want to believe it or not, I couldn't give less of a shit. He loves this organization as much as a media member he can. Does. He grew up with it. He was on the beat. He's close to it. He has a lot of good professional memories. I believe he wrote a book with McKeon. He may have written a book with Larry Boa. And... uh and he brought it up. And so Barry sees it, but only sees it when it's been going on for an obnoxious amount of time. And he goes, why is this even a discussion? So for him, who I've known 25 yeah. years, I go, okay, look, here's the original picture. I cut Dave out. And I said, uh, I said, it's great. And I said, we love Garv. And I said, but people love bringing it up just like I'm going to do to you in 25 years when Fernando Tatis Jr. is in the Hall of Fame. And he writes me back immediately, you've always been a shitster. Yeah. That was great. That was great. That made my day. It's it, guys like Barry Bloom, like Canepa. Like that's Center. what I wrote. Yeah, I love it. Kevin Kernan. Yeah. The late Phil Collier. Yeah. To me, I would just say, if for I think a lot of us, whether it's me and Dave, but but especially... There's a bunch of you guys that listen to this thing that know I'm talking to you. Pete yeah. in Point Loma, this is for you. I lived what all of us wanted to live, which was I had the ability to go up into that press box and hang with the guys that I had grown up yeah. reading. And what meant so much to me, Dave, was that they accepted me. And it might have been just because I showed them respect and I got a huge kick out of all of them. I don't know if they liked the show or whatever. But I, I put Barry in that group. I love Barry because Barry is that guy to me that I could I could fucking bust Barry's balls about whatever I wanted. And Barry laughed every time. Yeah. And I think a lot of you, unfortunately, because Twitter's so two-dimensional, you don't get the chance to sit with him. You only see the printed word. Believe me, well, I, I, I don't even have to say it. I couldn't give less of a shit what you think. But if you hung with Canapa or Bill Center, or Kernan, to me, all these guys that I mentioned. Bernie Wilson, I should have put in that group. Um, and Barry's right in that group. Yeah. They are so fucking funny, all of them. And for me, personally, they have forgotten a thousand times more baseball than I'll ever know. And the fact, uh, that's yeah. why I wrote uh, uh, Ted Podelsky, the GM of the Clippers. Because if you go on Deadspin, you'll find the article about when the Clippers let Nick make a draft pick. Yeah. I have heard that story from Nick 25 times. If he was sitting here and said that story, I would laugh as hard tonight as ever. It's my favorite story. And my other favorite story from Nick is one he tells that he and the sports editor for the Tribune had gone and sat in the office with Donald Sterling. And they sat in the office with Donald Sterling on a Tuesday. And Sterling starts saying how they're going to be, the Clippers really were going to be the official, the first team, maybe, to tank. 
Yeah. And Sterling's plan was brilliant. He said, we're going to tank because it's going to give us Ralph Sampson. We're going to get Ralph Sampson. So why the fuck are we winning games right now? So Nick's just sitting there, and he's writing his notes, and the editor's there and all this shit. Sterling's never like, Nick's writing notes? Yeah. Sterling never tells him it's off the record. Fast forward to Thursday afternoon. And Thursday afternoon, there was old-school San Diego sports scene. They would have, like, a podium, and guys would get up and talk, and local dignitaries would be there, including media members. So now... Sterling gets up in front of this group of like, I don't know, I think Nick said there's a couple hundred people in the room, and he is repeating the speech verbatim. And what Nick has told me, every time he tells me a story, he was practicing the speech on us that he was going to give Thursday at this luncheon. And Nick was the columnist for the Green Sheet, the old Evening Tribune at that time. And so this is going on, and everybody's freaking out, and Nick's not moving at all. And everybody's like, you're not taking notes. What's going on? And uh, Nick said, it's in today's paper. Yeah. It's already in the paper. The two follow-ups <laughs> that I go to every time that I make Nick repeat every time is he says, Paul Silas, who was then the coach, came up to him afterwards. And he goes, was any of what we just heard off the record? <laughs> and Nick goes, no, it's in the paper right now. And he goes, Silas, pause. Shit! And walks away. <laughs> but the other part that he tells me all the time was the GM at that time was a guy named Ted Podelsky. I think I have this name right. Posner. I asked Posner all the time. And Ted was very proud at the time that I think he was about six months sober. Had a little battle with the bottle. Yeah. And he would remind the beat writers all the time, you know, I'm five months sober. And they said, well, that, that's great. Nick said as Sterling is giving his speech, Ted's hand is shaking so bad as he's pouring wine from a huge craft <laughs> into a glass and just chugging red wine right there on the dais. That's it. Out. And they're like, well, the clock ended. And uh, so it's just where you just sit there and you hear these stories and how they like Silas came to him and said, who's Nick? What do you like? Nick was on the Clipper beat. Who do you like? And Nick's like, is Eddie Hughes still on the board? I think he's from Colorado state. Nick. I think Nick knew where he was from, but I think Nick had seen him at Colorado state and Nick will tell you Eddie Hughes still on the board. Paul, I saw this kid. I like him. And Silas is like, is Eddie Hughes there? And they're like, yeah. He's like, Put the fucking card in. <laughs> I mean, it's just That's like, so, so yeah. I, I mean, if Barry Bloom fucked yeah. up one thing, sorry that all of you are fucking perfect, okay? He didn't like Tatis when he saw him early on. I don't have to defend yeah. Barry. But you're, you're fighting the wrong fight, man. You're fighting the wrong fight with that guy. He's a good fucking guy. One of the things that always cracked me up about Barry Bloom is... As much as they've added paint to Qualcomm Stadium and they've redone the bathrooms in the press box, they had a bathroom in the media section at Qualcomm Stadium that was written on the wall in Sharpie. Barry, Always. Barry Bloom sucks cocks. Yeah, I think they just <laughs> left that they up. They just left it. It was painted around that. And I was like, Barry comes back to this press box about five times yeah. a year. And when he takes a piss, he has to see that every time. 
time and nobody ever painted over the sign that said Barry Bloom sucks cocks. Now, I know who wrote it. I'm not going to say it. Yeah. But I do know who wrote it. Wasn't us. Wasn't us. That's for sure. But when Bear told me this morning, when I looked at my phone and he goes, you've always been a shit stirrer, like me. I told him, I go, God damn, Bear, you made my day. Fucking love that guy. That was very, very funny. God dang it, that made me laugh. Right? Oh, yeah. You knew, you knew, I guarantee you you knew immediately when I saw that. I was fucking rolling. That was great. That was getting, uh, that was getting blessed by the Pope for me. When Barry tell who, like I said, we've known him. God damn, Dave, I've probably known him longer than 25 years. And I just, Bernie, uh, Scotty Miller to a certain extent, but him and Kraz are a little bit, Sean O'Neill, all those old time, Collier was great. Uh, the old time baseball writers to me are just fantastic. And let me tell you this, because I know we have a spot to do. Let me just go on the record and say there is nobody with thicker skin on Twitter than goddamn Kevin AC. You aren't kidding. And I don't know if AC is, uh, I'll use the same term I've used 10 different times tonight. I don't know if AC is a shoot or a work. I don't know if when he writes about his office or if he's just so, uh, if he's oblivious to you guys yeah. or if he's just throwing chum in the water. But that dude has the thickest skin. I laugh every time because Kevin just walks right into it every time. He clearly doesn't give a shit. No, he doesn't. No. He, good on him. He sent me a message the other day. He's like, you're the only guy who defends me on Twitter. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I think it's funny as shit. I know he may not. I don't even want to get into that. I just think there's nobody with thicker skin than him because he... He just walks into it every day. Oh, that's funny. All right, here's the deal. Before, uh, I, I will tell you what. After we read these spots here, I have two things for you. Okay. One is I have a marketing idea that I think is genius. You tell me if I'm dumb. Mini two, helmets? Two is, no, not the mini helmets, which was genius. But also, I will tell you who I think our next celebrity guest on this podcast. Oh, I like that okay, a lot. I got an oh, idea. who it could be or who it will be? Who, well, you, I'm a, you tell me if you want me to chase it down, and then I'll, I like I'll, that. I'll throw it out there, and you tell me. It's a... Big celebrity guest. And I say big celebrity guest. Big celebrity guest. All right. All right. We've already gotten a You've few You've done well. I, okay. We've I've reached out to Nicole, too. I'm trying to get Nicole Eggert down on August 1st. She's had a lot of shit going yes, on. Yes, And I told her, hey, come on down and be part of family. I haven't heard back from her. I know she was looking if the date would work for her. Oh, that'd be awesome. But we're hoping that she'll come down. So she's I have another reached... one that makes my day when she she's responds great. on, on uh, The other day, media. I put a picture up of my kids, and she liked it immediately. Yes. That was really awesome. That is cool. She's cool as shit. All right, go ahead. Uh, all right, uh, let me throw these out. Yeah, I want to mention Daniel Tyler at Superior Fence Company. We all know that everybody needs that fence. Cool. You look what's going on just up the 8 freeway in Alpine right now and a lot of people trying to rebuild. Look, you can't go wrong with Daniel Tyler and Superior Fence all over San Diego County since 2005. He specializes in the North County, but Daniel Tyler will go all over San Diego County to make it work for you. Free estimates, even Saturdays. you got to give Daniel a call, 760 760- Seven four five four eight four six seven six zero seven four five four eight four six. Doesn't matter what kind of fence you're looking at. Daniel has done it again. A plus rating with BBB, fully licensed and insured. And you can find them online. San Diego Superior Fence dot com. San Diego Superior Fence dot com. Also on Twitter, SD Superior Fence. Man, Dave, I I have been thinking about all the people in Alpine this week, and it's funny as I think about. Dan and a bunch of the other people in our group. I hadn't even talked to them. I'll put you in this group too. Although, what did you get home? I got home on. Friday. Oh, you came right through it. Yeah, barely. Um, barely. We we had two people that I was thinking of that day uh, out in Alpine. The first was Mark Grant, of course. And I called Mud in the morning, 
at about 1030 uh, because he was in Arizona. And I said, you good? Mary good? He said, yeah. He said, I think we're good. He said, it looks like it's a little north of where we are. So I just said, okay, you need anything or Mary needs anything, just call me. Because I said, I'm pretty sure. And I knew, Dave, I knew with this group that we have on Twitter, if I said I need eight guys to meet me at the uh, wherever, somewhere at the Walmart on Las Coaches, because we're going to save Mud's house, I know you fuckers would have been there. Yeah. I, I probably wouldn't have had eight. I probably would have had 80. And the other one was our pal Annie Heilbrunn, who had family out there. And I reached out to Annie, too. And thankfully, I think the number I saw today was 34 homes in yeah. Alpine. Just absolutely devastating and heartbreaking. And our thoughts are with everybody there. Um, but it, it goes back to what we have talked about so often. Man, it is. I was in Carlsbad today. It was 97 in Carlsbad. And you just drive and there's so much dry brush everywhere. Just talk to Daniel and say, hey, man, this is it. Everything happens within these four walls, uh, not only for fire season, but anything else. It's a very, very small investment for a very, very large peace of mind. And I love those guys, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them on August 1st. Absolutely. Also, don't forget about Brian Curry, broker associate, Caldwell Banker, selling real estate in San Diego County for more than 20 years. He's the guy winning all the awards throughout San Diego County, doing a fantastic job. He'll take your home situation and make it even better. Brian Curry is your guy to call 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. Again, a full-service broker, access to the best professionals in the mortgage business. Don't forget also that right now, Brian is also your guy for property management. If you need someone to manage your property, call Brian again, 619-251-1588. Yeah, first guy I thought of was Curry. I'm like, dude, if I need somebody, uh, Curry will be there. And uh, wherever we had to go, I was just like, just, I don't know. I kind of feel like our mindset around here has changed a lot recently. And those guys have all played a big part in it. Uh, Love what BC does, man. Does so many things. And yeah, Dave Dave told you about the real estate part. Can I just reemphasize again? Like I said, we're we're close to 8,000 in the... uh, in the GoFundMe page tonight that will close out probably going to close sometime around one or two tomorrow, just so I can, I know a few of you will listen. It'll give you a kind of a last chance to, to get it together. But Brian has been a guy that with every one of these projects that we come up with, or we suggest he couldn't be more enthusiastic in his support for what we're trying to do in this community. And that means so much to us. And so when you're looking at it and go, okay, well, you know, I need a real estate guy. Well, there's 10,000 of them that you can choose from. But I love what Dave emphasizes about his Navy background. But just if you believe in this show, if you believe in what we're trying to get done to make San Diego, just in our small little way, a better place to be by bringing money for suicide awareness and the homeless and clean water, um, just understand that when Dave and I are doing it, we're doing it because we have guys like Brian Curry and Dan Tyler uh, right there with us that are like, dude, what do you need and when do you need it? We're in. And I just uh, I thank those guys a lot. And uh, finally, when I drove back from Phoenix, normally I drive back. I was looking at that temperature and say, OK, it's oh, 116 in Phoenix. I this can't is my wait third to, guy. Yep. Drop down to 69 degrees in <laughs> yeah. San Diego. All of a sudden I go from 116 to 109. It has been so fucking hot. How many of yeah. you have thought about that pool? 
How many yep. of you said, man, I wish I had that pool in the backyard? I'm telling you, there's no better guy to call than Alan Taylor. Taylor May Pool, 619-449-4452. 20 years again in San Diego. Taylor Made Pools is the pool construction people for you. Remodel, resurface, residential, you name it. New equipment repairs. Don't forget to call Alan Taylor. Alan Taylor, 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. Great. I have great family friends that because... They just couldn't make it in San Diego anymore. They had to move to Wisconsin. They had family in Wisconsin. They moved back. Small little town, older couple, and just kind of starting over back for for the husband where where it all started. And I was talking to them today, and they, um, you know, they're fighting the good fight. They're keeping it together. But it was really funny to me. I said, "What do you miss about San Diego?" I go, "Man, it's ninety five here today." And uh, I said, "We miss our pool, man." Mr. Yeah. Pool. And they said, we miss our pool because the pool was the go-to place on days like today. People would come out, hey, we're coming to your pool. And they were like, let's go. Bring everybody there. And they had fridge out in the back, right? Anything you could imagine. Water, Gatorade, sodas, beers, whatever you want. Barbecue running. And he said, uh, he said I miss that, man. He said, I miss that being kind of the center point of the family was always, hey, come on over. We're going to be at the pool every weekend for that. I think that's what's really cool. And if you're looking at I like Dave. You, we talk about the brand-new pools that Alan does. Uh, another guy that I've been thinking about this week because I knew if I needed to make a call, uh, his guys would be there. But, um, but, yeah, maybe think about that renovation yeah. and do it right. Man, he earned it. Life's too short. Seen people drop like crazy. Very, very thankful to Al Taylor, who has been there with us every step of the way as we plan all these different things to give back to the community. Uh, Alan and the staff at TaylorMade Pool. The shittiest thing about this heat is it has kept me from being able to wear my TaylorMade Pool shirt around town. Um, and I feel like I've let a lot of you down because I've been unable to answer your pool questions completely <laughs> wrong. And I put all that pressure on the people in the office. And by the way, I use the pen from TaylorMade Pools yeah. every time I sign a check uh, from the GoFundMe account. I It's good luck to me. That TaylorMade Pools pen. Yeah, don't come out with your hand out just because you got a, a pool deal. Don't start looking for the free pen. That's for family. I'm family. I don't even think Dave has a pen. No, I don't. You know what's no, funny I is have one. Alan showed me the pen. He said, this is the pen Jeff keeps talking about. And then put it right put it right back Good. in his pocket. <laughs> I didn't even get it back. I was Good. Like, what the hell? Yeah, he showed me a couple weeks ago. This well, is the you one. get those shirts done, friend, okay? <laughs> and I'll work on getting you a pen. How about that? <laughs> thank you very much. All right. All right, a few things real quick. I got three things for you real fast. First of all, I want to thank our good friend uh, Steve Verismo. Who is, yeah. a, is a radio guy in San Diego that's retired and moved to Phoenix. Drove 45 minutes each God way damn. just to come say hi for two seconds. He'd always oh, support us when we were there on yes. Saturdays doing the always. Fox show, too. And I know he may have been doing yes. some work, but he always went out. Was, Stevie's a good egg. Yeah, it was funny. He told me that he was walking in trying to find what field we're on because there are six fields. So we're on the Cincinnati yeah. complex. And he's walking in and he says to the guy next to him, do you know where the California Bears are playing? And the guy goes, yeah, because I'm walking over there right now. And he looks over and it's realized it's Brett Boone who he asked. Oh, shut up. That's and, funny. And he goes, I know you. He goes, I listen to the podcast every time. I've heard you on. That's so, great. So, I don't know you from the Reds yeah. or the Mariners. I know you from the podcast. Attaboy, <laughs> Steve. That Pen's was, in the mail for you, Stevie. Th there you go. So he ran, it, he ran into Brett. Oh, that's nice. So the, the kids I was with, this group of kids were 14-year-old kids. And they went to go see one night the movie Tag. I haven't, I haven't seen it. I hear it's funny. But they went yeah. to go see the movie Tag. So... 
you know, kids, five-story hotel, and they're running around. They're playing their own tag game nonstop. Sure. One of the kids on my team goes running around the, the hallway, and, it, and the, everybody has the door kind of like you take that, uh, the emergency lock, mm-hmm. and you kind of block the door. We can just push the door open. Yeah. So he goes running in, pushes the door open, goes in, uses the restroom, comes out, and there's a whole family sitting on the couch. It wasn't his room. Ah! Wrong, wrong room. <laughs> Kid just went in there. I love it. Drops a fat shit. Looks right at that family. They're like, do you just shit in our bathroom? And he just runs right out. Oh, I was God. like, there's my team. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you very much. Appreciate That's it. awesome. Unbelievable. Okay, so here are the two things. You, again, you tell me if I'm crazy. I'm okay, let me hear it. The marketing here, thing. My marketing idea, I think, is, is so genius. It's, it's unbelievable, but you're going to tell me I'm dumb. All right. You aren't a Game of Thrones fan, but a lot of people are. Sure. Okay. I know enough about it. Game of Thrones is spo- was supposed to be released this summer. It goes into mm-hmm. football season, but instead they're going to delay it about a year. Oh, God. And each episode that's remaining, it's the last season coming up, it's two hours long. Wow. If I was HBO, they do this every Sunday night. If I was HBO, I take that last season and I put it in the movie theaters. Oh, wow. And I release it and go, you have two weeks to watch it, and then the next one's coming out. But if you're HBO who makes a fortune off of it because they jack up the rate like yeah. crazy, you put it in the movie theaters, people would pay to go watch this goddamn thing. They're so into Game of Thrones, like you can't believe. The last season, I say you throw it in the movie theaters two weeks at a time. Well, you know what, Dave? Maybe not even that one, but do it with the finale. Because think about the final Sopranos. Yes. If you had the ability, wouldn't that have been cool in 07 to go see the Sopranos? The yeah. Yeah. But I always, uh, we saw... And then I want to hear your guest. I took uh, my son and I. I'll give you a good movie theater. Uh, my wife and I took my sons yesterday to see Ant-Man and Wasp. Okay. I, Paul Rudd gets better to me in every movie I see. I like Paul Rudd a lot. I yeah. do, too. Like, when Paul Rudd was on... Remember when Paul Rudd was on Friends? You're like, this uh, guy's just a big bitch. <laughs> I don't know even what his name was, Leo or something. I don't know what he did. He worked at the fabric store. He was just a big bitch. But now he's so goddamn funny in this movie. Dude, Michael, he was great and Michael Pena is great in this movie. Um, two things. Always remember when you go to a Marvel movie, especially if you have your kids with you, there is a preview that comes at the end of the credits, and then you have to stay through a bunch more. And then it's not really a preview. It's just kind of a fun little thing that your kids will like. But don't bail. They do it all the time. Keep an eye out for Stan Lee. I love when Stan yeah. Lee gets in there. And fucking Michael Pena. You know who Michael Pena yeah. is? Michael Pena is so goddamn funny in this movie. He's great. But Michael Douglas is in it. The whole movie, really good. But um, I like that movie. I loved Ant-Man 1 uh, on a personal level because Ant-Man 1 at Hazard Center was the first movie that I ever went to with just my sons, by yeah. ourselves, the three of us. Sitting in there eating popcorn, laughing our ass off on like a Tuesday afternoon. It was great. And with my buddy Cheech that passed away. Cheech passed away on a Friday night into a Saturday morning. Cancer will do incredible things to you. On a Wednesday, we sat together and watched Ant-Man. And uh, he had his goddamn machine running, all this shit. I told him, I go, it's the most fuck theater never been to in my life. He's like, what? I'm like, you got that shit pumping your stomach. You're a puss because you're hot. You got the AC on. Fuck, I can't hear shit. But uh, but that movie, the first one, will always be incredibly yes. special to me on those two things. So I love the first one. If you love the first one, the second one's really funny. I was going to tell you movies because we're in Carlsbad. It's like $17 a ticket at wow. the new mall. Fuck that. 
Uh, Grossmont Center, Dave, at the theater Grossmont Center, which every time I go there, I die laughing. I don't even know if you remember, but when we were at KFMB, we did a show at that mall. Yeah. I believe with Mike Riley, like right out from the Macy's, we were out there. And I just remember going, where the fuck am I? I don't even know where this mall is. <laughs> Do I need a passport? Um, but you go to that theater, and we saw it on a Saturday morning. I think I paid uh, 7 bucks a ticket. Yeah. And it's like all the popcorn and refills on the drinks. You can reserve your seats. The theaters are clean. Because um, I bet this AMC down here is pretty steep. It wasn't bad. I went yesterday. So Uncle Drew. Was that movie funny? Your kids will like it. Okay. Your kids will like it. My wife didn't hate it. My older son, who uh, who's a basketball fan, didn't hate it. it it's not bad. Cool. And, uh, and your kids will be basketball fans. Yeah. Absolutely love it. That's funny. I want to see that. And then uh, let's just spend a couple of quick minutes on this, and then I'll be done. Uh, oh, uh, let uh, me hear uh, your celebrity guest. Okay. Again, you can tell me no. Okay. But I think she would come on. Well, when you start with she, I like it. Paula Abdul. Absolutely. What do you want Paula Abdul Yes. On? Okay. I think I can get her on. How? Somehow we follow each other on social media. Oh, yeah. And I think in a I can, minute. I think I can get her on. Oh, in a minute. Oh, I. Okay. Oh, in a minute. We could talk. Uh, shit. Okay. Uh, yeah. Hell, yeah. I was thinking, especially with the whole LeBron James thing and, uh, and I everything think she's else. Awesome. I go, you know what? I go, let's get, let's get Paula Abdul on. God damn, in a minute. Okay. Why would I even question that? <laughs> um, one other thing. You know who I would love on, too, Dave? Uh, the person that I'm the most happy for in the Laker deal is Jeannie Buss. Me too. Because I think Jeannie Buss is great. First, she went and Playboy with Nancy Sinatra, which was a fantastic issue for the common subscriber like me. Uh, that was a double bill. But also, the I've always thought Jeannie was cool and incredibly likable. And I think about the challenge that it had to have been for her personally when her douchebag brothers, Johnny and Jimmy, tried to overthrow her and she blocked it. She fired Jim. She fired Mitch Kupchak. She put in Rob Palinka. She puts in Magic. Dave, you know that team much better than I yeah. do. But as a family and as a parent, um, you look at how difficult that had to be. You tell me I'm wrong. I'm telling you, if Jeannie doesn't fire Kupchak and Jim and make the move that she makes, I don't see any chance that the Lakers no get LeBron. No way in hell. Man, and as likable as anybody... At that level in sports, and I was thrilled for Jeannie Buss. So good for her. Congratulations. Yep. Um, we've gone this whole thing, and I really don't feel like doing a whole lot of time on this, but you probably saw the news that Dave Shelley and Chainsaw are not having their contract renewed at KFMB. That is not a shock to anybody, and it shouldn't be a shock to any of you because we've talked about this numerous times since Tegna overtook the KFMB station. Dave and I cut our teeth there. It used to be owned by a family called the Myers family. Old timers, remember Robert L. Myers did editorials on Channel 8. It was a family-run operation, and it felt like that within the building. But within about the last year to 18 months, Elizabeth Kimmel, who was the daughter of the Myers family, determined as CEO that she was going to sell it. Tegna came in and bought it. Tegna is a big-time media conglomerate, but they focus on TV. And they focus on getting rid of big salaries. That's why we said if you're a Kraska or a Barbara Lee, Matt Balow, Dave, retired yeah. when you were gone. Whether he did that you on his own. talked about it a little bit. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, whether he did that on his own or was pushed, nobody knows. It's none of our business. But we knew with the money that Dave Shelley and Chainsaw make uh, and that Tegna being a TV 
business that they weren't going to survive. Now, what sur- kind of surprised me was apparently Tegna made no uh, effort at all to even re-sign him. Yeah. And was just like, hey, take you and your fucking rubber duck and go fuck yourself down the street. <laughs> but this is what we've said over and over again. Pay attention. I watch all you. Oh, mornings won't be the same. Mornings will be fine. Okay. You fucking idiots. God damn it. How how easy do I have to make it for you? When Dave was so, we told you initially that Rickards had been in the intercom building. Yeah. We told you here, go back and listen. We said it. Because we don't answer to anybody. I don't give a shit. What's he going to do? Where's a buck 48? I mean, where's granny glasses? He's not hitting anybody on this show. We told you he'd been in the intercom building. Now, he'd been in the intercom building one time. Walked around, toured the new studios with David Field, who is the CEO of all of Intercom. You don't do that unless you want Dave Rickards in the building. Period. Dave's been in there four times since. Okay? You dumb shits. Stop crying on Steve Wood's Facebook page and pay the fuck attention. God damn. I got better things to do at night than go through this shit with you again. It's like explaining sleight of hand magic. Well, it was an eight, and then it was an ace. They will be in an intercom <laughs> entity, okay? They're not going to go on 949 because those two, nobody knows their name, but apparently they're hanging in. They're not going on Kason. John and Tammy are doing fine. Susie D's doing great on Kixie. The natural opening for them would be for Cilio. Yeah. Now, the question will be, <clears throat> has... Cilio been the Teflon guy to this point because they've just been waiting for the Rickards deal to come through so they can blow Dan out. I appreciate your family member blinding me. Well, Turn the, the fucking lights off. Well, I was more concerned that the dog was laying in the driveway waiting well, for for my kid to come home. But yeah, he just flies in like a motherfucker. I hope he didn't run over yeah. the dog. No, the dog seems to be okay. fine. <laughs> um, look, they're going to go to Intercom. You don't openly admit that you've been in a building four times you don't get walked around the building with the CEO unless something's going to happen. So, again, now what that means to Cilio, I can't answer that. If they're smart, Cilio's gone, and Doug Gottlieb should be gone. But they're so boring. Coach bores me to fucking tears. I love Johnny Quintero. What an amazing guy. Well, hey, I got to tell you, that was a rough one out at the yard tonight for the Padres. It? it was Andy Green's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> we just, you know, I love him, but you got to get, <clears throat> you got to do something. There's a reason why you're a zero zero. I want, I'm not saying coach has to be out coach. There needs to be a role for coach, but, but coaches, um, coaches Kirby Yates. Yeah. Right. He's a dominant spot in his spot. He's dominant. But I feel like they're putting too much on Coach, way too much on Tony Jr., way too much on him. And Elo just sounds like he's – I love Elo too. I just I, I just hope they get those guys all revitalized and get them going because those guys – they all should be part of it, yeah. but just in a little different role than they're currently in would be my guess. Do you think DSC's in that role mornings by, yeah, I by think, August 1st? Well – yeah, I mean, I I would think you know maybe maybe they take a little time, right? To to That's a month off, right? 
No, they. I think their contract runs for a couple more weeks. Oh, I thought I thought they were. I, sorry, I've been out of town for a week and a half. I thought they were yeah. off on July first. No, to, well, shit, it shows in. Nobody listens anymore to KFMB, right? I mean, yeah. I like the dude. I like those guys. Dave and Cookie have been Boyer. This guy's Bromo. When Bromo was part of that, goddamn, they've been good to us, man. Behind the scenes shit yeah, that doesn't need to be talked about. It just great, and and ton of respect for those guys. It's a no brainer for Intercom. Absolute no brainer, and it would be great for those guys to go in and be part of all the different things that are there. And and this is what I've said to people in the building. Um, where Cilio's a douche, that whole team that Dave has put together, starting with Rickards, Cookie, Ruthie is a fucking riot, like fall over funny. Chris Boyer, sorry to wreck this for Boyer. Boyer is playing a character on the radio. He's sincerely one of the nicest people. I, I hope Chris is going to be pissed if he okay. hears that. Rickards will be pissed because he plays this complete douche on the radio. Fuck, man. Just as nice as it gets. That whole team, and that's why I've said to the people at Intercom, in my dealings with them over the years, those are the teams you want to add. I just think it's a crippling blow to KFMB where you go, fuck, why are you giving those guys yeah, up? But be interesting so, to see it's what a happens. money move. So, yeah, stop panicking if you love DFC. Those guys, I, my guess would be, are out of work for as long as they want to be out of work. They'll recharge the batteries and and head over into brand new studios on the seventh floor overlooking San Diego. Get the fuck out of that dungeon they're in, and uh, they'll be off and running. They'll be doing great things. Be ready to go. They we deserve get, it. Are we back tomorrow? Uh yeah, we should be back. Okay. We should be back to how long do we go tonight? We went in almost an hour twenty. All right, that's good. Yeah, we'll uh we'll be back tomorrow for sure. Please, just do me a favor. If you want to be there August first. Uh, be a part of it. Go make a donation. If you can't be there, and Brady Phelps, amazing. Brady Phelps couldn't be there. Went in, not only has donated uh, the hat, um, the prototype hat, which everybody wanted, will have one the night of the event. But Brady sent us a great message and said, hey, guys, I can't make it, but I still made a donation. If you can't be there, even if you want to just send over 10 bucks, 5 bucks, whatever, shit, man, we'll take it all. Absolutely appreciate it. Um. But I'm going to close it off. I'll, I'll say tomorrow, like, let's say 2 o'clock tomorrow. Okay. Give you a little bit of time. I appreciate everybody like Sasan and all you guys that have uh, Amazon and all you guys that have taken it and retweeted it out to your people. Um, it's just it's a lot of shit that we have to do. And the next thing that I have to do is catalog everything that we have and try to make it that if you come down and you pay 75 bucks, which I would hope a Chris Paddock ball goes for, 25 bucks, 50, whatever you're getting, um, that I can give you something that says, hey, man, this is donated to yeah. us by the Padres organization for the Dave and Jeff event. Just something it's not as cool as, unfortunately, what we do at Upper Deck where everything's hologrammed and you have COAs. But I would like you to, to walk out with some kind of documentation that the item you bought, um, you can just hang with it. And off you go. Uh, so that will be it. If you have any more charity items, send them over. Dave, one final thing. Yeah, of course. I promise. Otherwise, I'll forget tomorrow. Amongst the great shit that has been sent to us, Steve Hamilton, New York Times bestselling author, lives in Detroit, has seen what we're doing on social media, and Steve Hamilton sent two copies, each one signed, 
of his outstanding books, The Second Life of Nick Mason and Exit Strategy. Holy shit, are these books great. The other day I go home, priority mailbox from Steve, who's been a friend for a few years. Like everybody coming together in a community effort to raise money. Again, your money is going to Charity Water, the Alpha Project, which does amazing things for the homeless right here in San Diego. The Ronald McDonald House, who helps families with kids that are suffering from cancer right here in San Diego. Suicide Prevention. Che Hernandez will be there. The local groups, both adults and teens here in San Diego. And last but certainly not least, John Van Zanti and his incredible team, Rancho Coastal Humane Society, longest independent-run humane society in San Diego County. Every nickel that comes in is going out the door. I am noticing GoFundMe takes a pretty good hack at it, so I'm not quite sure we'll get to two grand, but fuck it, right? Our goal was to get a 1000 bucks to everybody. They're going to get that money. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you to every one of you who took the time to go onto that GoFundMe page and make a donation. Uh, I have spent so much time talking to these charities over the last five weeks and developing friendships with them. They could not be more touched by your generosity, and they thank you. And we look forward to seeing you all, all you guys, three weeks from Wednesday. Perfect. All right. We'll see you guys back tomorrow night. It hurts so bad it's been so